Chapter 2. Why I Love Failing and You Should Too. I'm going to admit something to you that I'm actually a little embarrassed of. Ready? Okay, here it goes. I love failing. Oh man, do I love failing. And I know that sounds nuts, right? Why would I want to fail? Well, actually, I don't want to fail at anything. I mean, every endeavor I take on, I approach with the intention to succeed at the highest level. I don't like the feeling of failure. In fact, I hate it. I work to avoid failure at all costs. But when it does happen, for me, that's where the fun begins. Let me explain it this way. Let's say you're cooking an epic breakfast some weekend. Now, I bet when you open your eyes that morning, envisioning this amazing breakfast, the idea of burning your finger would have been the furthest thing from your mind. You just want your scrambled eggs, your crispy bacon, your delicious hash browns, your buttery toast, and wow, now I'm really getting hungry. Uh, Anyway, you get the picture, right? No intention of burning yourself in the process. But then it happens. Your finger grazes the hot metal handle of the frying pan, and yo! The pain shoots through your body. You get a surge of adrenaline. Your heart rate almost doubles. You drop everything, grab your finger, and shout at the top of your lungs, damn it! Next, you plunge your finger into some ice and get that cool, soothing feeling of instant relief. (sighs) Ah. Till your finger starts to freeze, and then, wow, that's cold. Your impending epic breakfast now on hold as you suffer through the aftermath of this mini-morning tragedy. Now, you have to admit, sucky as it is, this whole experience of burning your finger is a hell of a lot more exciting than eggs, bacon, toast, and hash browns. Yeah, it doesn't feel good, but the human drama of what you've just experienced is beyond compare. That throbbing, burning feeling in your finger, the cool tingling of the ice, what a giant impact it's made on your morning and maybe your entire day. That feeling, while terribly uncomfortable, is so endemic of the human experience. As ABC's Wired World of Sports would say, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. It's why we're here. It's how we know we're alive. See, that's exactly the way I think about failure. I hate it. It's painful. It's almost always unusually expensive. I try to avoid it at all turns. But when it does happen... When failure does happen, that's when I know I'm in for something big. Fortunately for me, failure has happened just often enough, certainly in life and in business, I've learned to be not so freaked out by it. Trust me, I'm no Zen master, far from it, but I've taught myself how to surrender to failure. And the surrender, now that's key. It's important to surrender to failure because if you don't surrender, you'll miss every lesson failure has showed up to teach you. Worse yet, if you don't surrender, failure will come back to you again and again and again and again until you discover what it is failure wants you to learn. After burning your finger, I'll bet the next time you cook yourself an epic breakfast, you'll be extra careful not to burn yourself again. More than that, you'll be extra careful not to catch your robe on fire or burn down the whole house. 
What you didn't know when you burned your finger is that failure was trying to help you prevent all the larger and larger failures from happening. One little burned finger would certainly be worth the price of saving your home. Now, nothing I'm saying here is new and revolutionary. You see it on Facebook all the time. Beautiful and inspiring memes, pictures of glorious ocean sunsets, and elegant cursive writing saying, fail big and often. You only learn from your mistakes. Every breakdown is a breakthrough. And they're all true. But what these inspiring messages don't offer is how. How to achieve this great objective of perspective. How do you learn how to fail and learn from it? How do you surrender to it? How do you get the lessons of failure while you're experiencing the pain of failure? Those memes are great when everything is going great, but when you're in the middle of a massive failure, all you can think about is getting out of it and feeling better. Elegant cursive writing over glorious sunsets be damned. Failure sucks, and when you're in the middle of it, you don't want any stupid lesson. You just want to fix it, feel better, and move on. But that's where the rubber meets the road. It's so hard, while you're spiraling out of control, inside the pain and anguish, to stop and ask yourself, what do I need to learn here? Having that presence of mind is infinitely difficult. It's like stepping into a bear trap in the middle of the woods, and while the metal jaws are digging into your flesh, having the presence of mind to ask yourself, what do I need to learn here? It's damn near impossible. But so damn important if you're going to learn how to never step in a bear trap again. It's true that failure is where all the gold lives. Every lesson to be learned, every advancement to be made, every gift to be gained is right there waiting for us. In failure, we're starving to death on a lack of experience. And failure has brought us to the buffet of knowledge to satisfy our hunger. And yet, the sting of failure, like a burned finger, takes us out of the present moment. It makes us run from everything we're seeking the most, our own spiritual growth and development. So today, I want to teach you how to pull yourself back into consciousness when the sting of failure is at its greatest. Whatever it is failure has brought you to learn, I don't want you to miss it. I want you to get everything failure has shown up in your life to teach you, and even a little more. Something I tell my clients all the time is, I'll never ask you to do anything I haven't done and I know works. So I'm going to share with you my proven method for making failure work for you every time. Allow me to begin with a story. It was in 2015, and there I was, a man in a very unusual position. I was face down on the carpet on the floor of a hotel room in Washington, D.C., tears streaming from my eyes. I lay there sobbing uncontrollably. Here's what happened. Two weeks earlier, my marketing firm, the Big Time Group, had collapsed. This burgeoning little company I had put everything into, my blood, my sweat, and my dollars, so many dollars. I had worked building up that company piece by piece, and it was just starting to turn into something really exciting. Unfortunately, it turned out that I lacked some important knowledge when it came to hiring people. 
Now, I had done a great job acquiring a top-notch project manager, an admin, bookkeeper, the whole crew. I thought I was on a roll. Then, while looking for a social media strategist, a resume came across my desk, and I thought I had struck gold. Now, at first, he was terrific. He even brought in some new business. Then, stuff started happening with him. When he felt like he wasn't getting his way, he'd start arguments in client meetings. My attempts to bring him back to level ground failed, and it got worse and worse. Ultimately, as I had no other choice, I fired him. But picking up the pieces wasn't so easy. In allowing him to become intimately connected with clients and potential clients, they all asked, where's your brilliant social media strategist? You know, the guy you brought to all of our meetings. They left. I felt desperate, and the new clients I was pitching could smell it a mile away. They ran from the big-time group like a cat from a vacuum cleaner. Failure had showed up to teach me not to immerse any one employee too deeply in my sales process. As failure does, it taught me the lesson right after I needed to learn it. Piece by piece, my little house of cards fell. The big shiny new office I had been shopping for? Gone. My project manager and my administrative assistant jumped ship. I couldn't blame them. I certainly couldn't offer secure employment. I gave refunds to disappointed clients and had to cover vendors who had given us credit. The big-time group, not so big anymore, was just now me, sitting at my home in front of my computer. I came to refer to this period as my $70,000 month, because in a month's time we lost, I lost, about $70,000 in current and potential business. Two weeks after it all happened, I was off on a family trip to Washington, D.C. On day two of the trip, I decided to take a day off the tour and regroup in my hotel room. I was going to work out a plan for rebuilding and getting back to work. Failure be damned, I was not going to let this take me down. As I sat at my laptop, plan not forthcoming, the distress, the disappointment, the loss of income, and the fear of an uncertain future overwhelmed me. I crumpled forward, fell to the floor, and erupted in a fit of tears. I had never felt like this before. I had never failed like this. I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't know what to do. Here's the great thing about failure. Think about how much you think about the things at which you fail. When you do fail, you run failure over and over and over in your mind. You look at every aspect of failure and consider all you could have done to avoid it. The learning is amazing. Now, let us consider failure's less attractive cousin, success. Oh, boo, success. When was the last time you spent so much time turning success over and over in your mind? Let me answer that for you. Never. Over the course of my business life, I have closed a lot of great deals and ran a lot of great campaigns. I was nestled and wrapped in the warm blanket of success. We were like lovers holding each other on a cold winter's night. But I can't tell you much about those successes. They were nice, but unremarkable. Don't get me wrong. I love the feeling of succeeding and love what success brought me. Every success was an immeasurable high every time one happened. But it was a high I had to keep chasing. 
I wanted that good feeling to continue, without end. If I sound like a drug addict, I sort of was. I was terrified at the thought of an unhappy client. What if we get fired? No more success. No more drug. No, that's not good. I need to hire a crackshot social media strategist to show everyone how valuable my little company is. I created desperation where none really existed. My fear of this potential loss of success drove me to make poor choices, and then it turned them real. See, the biggest problem with success is it doesn't teach you how to get trampled by failure when it does hit. And sooner or later, it always hits. When I failed, when I lost my company and crying on the carpet in Washington, D.C., I realized I was going to have to learn how to fail. Like a burnt finger pulled away from a hot stove, the pain throbbed. The ice not forthcoming. I didn't know what to do. So I did something very un-Dan-like. What did I do? Nothing. I did nothing. I surrendered to the pain. I didn't initiate a plan of action. I didn't jump on LinkedIn and look for nights to fill the empty chairs of my round table. I didn't book new client meetings or do anything. Instead, I left my hotel room and I went to my favorite museum in the world, the Smithsonian Air and Space. I walked around looking at heroes, Lindbergh, Armstrong, Earhart, the Wright brothers. And for the first time, when considering the accomplishments of these great achievers, I imagine all the failures they must have suffered and wonder how the hell they persevered when it seemed as if the path to success had come to an end, when there were no more steps, when they were beat. I knew the story of the Wright brothers who needed an engine for their plane, but none were light enough or had the horsepower they needed. They couldn't find an engineer who said such an engine was possible. So the Wrights built their own. I knew the story of Neil Armstrong during the first moon landing. The guidance computer malfunctioned, putting them way off course over a field of boulders. With almost no fuel left, Armstrong piloted the craft himself, landing on the moon with only eight seconds of fuel left. I had always thought these were stories of perseverance, snatching success from the jaws of failure. But that's not what they were. Perseverance would have made the Wright brothers keep searching for the perfect engine. Perseverance is Armstrong trying to fix the guidance computer. No, it wasn't perseverance. It wasn't that at all. It was giving up. It was allowing the problem to overtake them, surrendering to it. Once they did, an entirely new solution presented itself to them. Wait a second. Maybe we can build our own engine. Hold on. I think I can land this thing with hardly any fuel. Failure actually allowed the Wrights and Armstrong to express their greatness at a level they never had and at a level that success would never have allowed. I thought their stories were about never giving up in the face of adversity, but instead, it was about surrendering to defeat so they could change the rules of the game. Earlier, back in the hotel room, I thought I needed to rebuild my company, but standing there, 
in the hall of the greatest failures in aviation history, I realized I needed to give up. Fortunately, I had a little more time than Armstrong or the Wright brothers, so I decided to wait for the next solution to present itself to me, which it did rather quickly. In the day that followed, I asked myself, what is it that I really wanted? I never set out to build the world's greatest marketing agency, so why was I doing it? Foolish pride? Chasing the high of success? I wasn't sure. The one thing I was sure of, and the thing I've been successful at consistently in my life, was helping to transform businesses, bringing new levels of consciousness, and changing people's lives. So maybe, just maybe, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Could I make a business out of it? A guy with a failed marketing agency telling people how to be more successful? I didn't know. But now, blessed with a newly wide-open schedule, I decided I was going to find out. Now, a year later, so far, so good. We tend to look at failure and success as if they're opposites of each other, the heads and tails on either sides of a coin. But that's not true at all. They aren't black and white, up and down. Success and failure are immensely different. They're more black and down, up and white. So what are they? Well, success is a wonderful experience, a tiny little reward for the efforts expended, a momentary high, the encouragement to keep moving forward. On the other hand, and completely dissimilar, is failure, the ultimate learning tool, the depth of humanity, sometimes pain and suffering or enlightenment and gold. Failure will always be your best option for attaining the kind of success that success can never bring you. But if failure is so great, then why do we fear it so greatly? We weren't always like this. As kids, failure was simple. It was easy and fun. When we were learning to walk, we'd fall on our little diapered bottoms, giggle with delight, push ourselves right back up and try again, our parents and family cheering us on whether we took another step or fell again. Then something happened. A day at school, the teacher asked us a question. We didn't know the answer, but with reckless abandon, we blurted out our best guess. Wrong. Classmates pointed and laughed at us. The stern look on our teacher's face told us we had made an unforgivable error. The age of learning through failure came to an end. It was immediately replaced with the new knowledge that failure must be avoided at all costs. Those gleeful expressions of our true selves must be instead hidden away, shamefully, with the hopes that no one ever witnesses these unforgivable acts of making mistakes. Because of that mindset, we never tell the great stories of failure. So few people know about the eight seconds of fuel left on the moon landing. Few others still know about the Wright's failure to procure a working engine. And why? Why don't we want to hear those stories? Because we've all been taught to be terrified of failure, ours and everyone else's. So then, how do you go about maximizing the learning that failure worked so hard to teach you? That's the easy part. Shine a light on them. 
share your failures with your friends. When people ask you, how's it going? Tell them, but not from a place of shame and woe. Share the human drama of it. From the great intent to the stumble to the pain and everything in between. Most of all, share the learning, the knowledge gained, the sturdier platform built from the splintered remains of what collapsed. Your failures, like a burnt finger on a hot stove, don't feel good, but they've come to teach you, to guide you, to enlighten and ultimately inspire you to the next greatest version of you.